and we're rolling guys thank you for tuning in to our barbell nerds podcast i am sean fantuzzi with my co-host will rattel we would like to welcome daniel roos to the podcast well dan how you doing buddy good man good i'm uh, excited to uh, visit with you guys a little bit appreciate it dude thank you for coming on and spending some time with us today um i know you're down at vcu i know you have a little bit of a rich history uh why don't you tell everyone a little uh little bit about yourself sure uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go real real short version here Love it. um because it's way too long i mean it could be a movie i mean like <laughs> like shannon tating would probably play me in that Ooh, um it would be really like oh that. wait oh wait that's what my wife would want but that's not what would really happen <laughs> no it's not it's it's not much different than anyone else's i was a ga I was a full-time guy. I worked with 25 sports. I worked with 16 sports. You know, I've worked with football. About 12 years ago, I went the basketball-only routes. Um, and, and just kind of by, by way of opportunity, not that that the way, was the way I was leaning of going. It just happened to be an opportunity that I looked like fun, which is basically how I live my life and how I choose which way I'm going to go. Um, and I've been with it ever since. And are, are there days where I'd like to go back and, and – train softball at 8 a.m. And, and wrestling at 6 p.m. at night. Yeah, there are. I'm not going to lie because there was, there was a lot of fun to that. Um, you know, if you have a bad day with, with your team now, like I have one team, then I, I don't get to see them till the next day or maybe the day after that. But they're in that role with 12, 15 different teams going like, if I have a bad day with them, well, hell, <laughs> I got softball next and they're great, you know. So um, that's it, – you know, I've been at a lot of different schools and a lot of different places. Um, it all started back uh, when I was a GA with uh, a guy that you know real well, Cameron Davidson. Um, we worked with John Sanderson at Marshall. We, we worked a lot, a lot of hours and uh, did a lot of uh, GA-type things for him. Um, and, and it's one of those things where you kind of just think everyone around you in the that you're, that's in your class and that you know is going to be successful in the business because – you're young and that's, that's what it looks like to you. You know, like, oh, he's going to go on and do this and I'm going to go do this and, and this guy's going to do this because they're smart guys. And, you know, looking back, I realized what a, what a blessing that was to be there with those guys because, like, it, it was ridiculous the amount of knowledge and the things that we were doing and the things that we were trying and the things that we didn't know um, and, and just how much fun we were having and, and to what those guys have gone on to do, you know, since, since we've all kind of gone our separate ways and, and grown up in the field together. Um, but it's just one of those things you look back on and think, man, what a magical time that was. I mean, we're in Huntington, West Virginia, which is not the greatest place in the world. And Middle we're working nowhere. in a school. And, <laughs> in a, we're working in an athletic department that kind of lets the graduate assistants do a lot of the work. And, you know, it, we're we're in grad school with with all these great professors that we had no idea who they were at the time, you know. Until you start reading the the journals and you'll be like, I, I was I was part of that research study, or you know, I I, I helped with that, you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, really, really looking back on it, it's one of those things that it, I, I took for granted at the time because I didn't know any different. But now moving forward and figuring out this field a little bit better and and how competitive it is and different job situations and things like that the the guys uh that i was surrounded with at marshall it was a really special time yeah those uh those guys i've heard many a stories and that's got to be one of the coolest parts about our field is just the camaraderie the fraternity that is strength and conditioning like we always are like 
like just like this podcast, like any podcast anyone ever hosts, like it's just candid conversation and all, everyone's always willing to share. Um, I know specifically from my time as an intern uh, at Penn State with Cam, um, I learned so much from those guys and the people that were around me. And we had a few of those interns that, or a few of the guys that I interned with already on this podcast, Ryan Nozak, Justin Hong. Um, so I guess I want you to uh, talk a little bit more about growth in that community aspect. Like you will forever have these people to call at any time, text at any time, not even about the strength and conditioning, just being good people. Like, and that's kind yeah. of what I like about coaches. That, that's, that's really, I'd say most of the people I talk to on a regular basis and, and you know, it, like, I'm not scared of dropping names on here. I'm going to talk about my friends, you know, Absolutely. like Ryan Horn, Greg Golden, Tyler Genota, guys that have worked for me or that I've worked with, things like that. We don't even talk about strength and conditioning. Mm -hmm. When Cam and I get on the phone, we really don't talk X's and O's at all. We, we talk about people because the, 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 this business is a people business uh, first. I mean, you, you can have all the, uh, the book smarts and things you want, but like, if you can't coach people, if you can't get people to do what you want them to do and, and believe in you, then it doesn't matter. And we, we've all heard that before. Athlete doesn't know how much you – doesn't care how much you know. Do you know how much you care? Yeah, right. Like, like that, that's great and all, but that, that's, all, that's all talk. Like, that's a, that's a gift to be able to go in there and give that to somebody. Like, you, if, you, if you don't have passion for that, if you don't believe in what you're doing, if, you, if, you're, not, if you're not a used car salesman at heart sometimes, you're not going to be very effective. You know, like I'm trying to sell 18 year old basketball players every day on what I'm doing that have never trained before, you know. And so when, when I talk to these guys, man, it's just about talking, talking to people like that. That's what we do. We really don't talk X's and O's. I mean, in, in this day and age, when Cam and I were GAs, there was not the information available that there is now at the touch of at, at, the, at the touch of your fingers on your computer screen. Like we didn't have it. Um, I remember specifically like going over old West Side manuals with, with Cam um, and, and, and things like that and looking at some, some block periodization concepts and, and conjugate periodization, things like that. And we're, we're digging through old journals. They're like, we're, we're trying to translate this stuff, which is ridiculous to think about him and I do it. But like that, that, that's how we were getting information at that point, you know, that we didn't have like, I guess YouTube was just kind of getting going, you know, but we, we didn't have any of this social media or things like that, you know, where, where it's right there available to you. And so it made us work a little harder for it. I, I don't know if that's the right term. It made it not as readily available so that well, when we did find something, we dove headfirst into it. Um, and, and that's what we did. I mean, we spent a year there writing conjugate programming for every team. And like, it was ridiculous. Like I had women's soccer at six in the morning. Like they, they did, they didn't want to do a max effort. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was ridiculous looking back on it, but man, I learned how to do it. Yeah. I learned what not to do with women's soccer at 6 a.m. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good way to look at your kind of like upbringing in the field. What, right. not, to, what not to do. <laughs> Go ahead, Will. Oh, yeah. Well, so you're at VCU working with men's basketball and you, you kind of alluded to a little bit earlier that you could maybe if, if you had the opportunity, you'd maybe want to go back in time a little bit and start working with other sports. But now that you are only working with one sport, 
what are all the different hats that you wear throughout the day? Because training sessions are probably what, 45, 60, maybe 75 minutes. What do you do with all that other time working with the staff and the players throughout the day? That's a, that's a, that's a great question. And I, I don't think a lot of the people, even in our, in our, in our inner social circles around town, like understand that, like, you know, even, even people at VCU or wherever you work, they don't understand that. Like, Oh, like, what do you do? You're the weights guy. Like, yeah, I'm the weights guy, right? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you know, we, we lift weights. But you're right. You know, it might be 45 to 60 minutes a day, you know, and that's, that's ending up right now. Like, tomorrow is our last uh, preseason lift, and then we'll turn it over to the coaches for the end season. Um, but, you know, it, and I do. I, I, I think I wear a different hat in season than I do out of season. Yeah. Um, and, and I've had a lot of fun with that this specific off season due to – COVID and the rules and, and the, right. the amount of time that, that I've had. Uh, we, we've actually had our kids on campus since June the 6th. Um, and, and we started the first month. The first month plus was two-man groups with 14 guys. And so that was seven groups a day. Yeah. And that, that really took me back to having that 11 sports and things like that. <laughs> you know, like, like oh, I, I, was, I was worn out. Um, mm-hmm. but, but then we went to, we were able to go to four man groups after that. Um, and, and now we're up to half team. And, and so, you know, I've, uh, I've got a GA here, um, named Paul core who does a terrific job. And, and I try to explain to him sometimes like, look, this is, this is different working with one sport. Like it, in, in normal times, I would have him go out and spend some time with other sports, you know, just to get some coaching reps and things like that. But, but this is different what we do. Like we're, we're at every team meeting, you know, we're planning yeah. the logistics of every meal, you know, we're, we're making sure those guys are eating on the weekends. We're making sure when those guys come in, if they need whatever recovery modalities they might choose, whatever they might use or, or just spending time with the guys. I mean, that's the biggest thing that, that I've always tried to do is just spend time around the guys away from the weight room. I mean, even if it is in the weight room, just hanging out, which is where I'd rather be, but you know, j- just getting to know, what makes those guys tick? Because look, bottom line is I got 14 guys. I don't have a football team of 100, 120 guys. You know, I, I've had that before. That's a good time. I mean, you write three by 10 bicep curls on the board and you'll have three guys bleeding from the nose, you know? But <laughs> you, 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 you don't have that with basketball. So, no. so you got to figure out what makes those guys go, you know? And, and, and the, the, that's the, the – the genesis of, of our job as, as a men's yeah. basketball strength coach, because those guys come from a training, a training age of zero, you know, and yeah. you're, you're selling, you're selling that to them from day one. You know I mean? I, I had a kid a couple of weeks ago. I, I love him to death. He's one of my favorite kids. And we were doing some bear crawling as part of a primal movement thing. And he's like, Roos, this ain't basketball. Like, yeah, I know it's not. You know, but why you should do it. Right. <laughs> Neither is you being injured half the year. So, you know, that's not basketball either. Uh, I'll talk to you later about that. I'll send you a picture of the Lakers bear crawling in the offseason. Right? How about we do that? Uh, but, you know, that, that's what we do is we try to figure out what makes these guys go. And, you know, I, I do spend time upstairs in our coaches' offices. You know, not only the head coach that I'm, I'm super close with, but the assistants. Our staff is, is uh, super aligned with each other. Um, we do spend a lot of time together, not only in the off season, in the in season, but the off season as well. Um, and so, just understanding those guys' side of things. I mean, it, I used to think it was only about them understanding my side of things, and like this is why yeah. I'm doing this. 
This is why I want to do this. This is why I think being the hardest cutting team in America is important. And this is how I'm going to accomplish this. And then a little while back, it hit me like, oh, wait, they got a they got a side too. They 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 have things they want to accomplish too. You know, so how can we work together to make those things go? You know, ultimately in the vision of our head coach, because that's what we all want to do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you talked about uh, you you mentioned you got to have a little bit of a used car salesman in you because you're trying to sell what you're doing to the players, and it, it's so funny you bring that up because uh, two or three weeks ago I was with with my tennis team. And I can't even remember what the exercise I was having him do, but there's like tennis, a lot of tennis kids don't really want to lift weights. They don't, they don't care about it. And I, (laughs) I caught myself trying to explain to this girl, I think she's a junior who just hates the weight room. And I'm trying to like explain to her. Yeah. Like if you can improve your ability to produce force, it's going to influence your ability to do X, Y, Z on the court. And she's giving me this blank stare and I'm like, I'm not doing a good job right now, like providing her a reason why she should lift weights. And it's like, I need to figure out a better way to get this girl to fig- to like understand the importance of what I, you know what I mean? It's just, so what are the strategies sometimes you have with kids like that, who, you know, they do not want to lift weights. They do not want to train all that. Yeah. You, you figure out a way not to. Not to sell her on that, so good job. Yeah. You probably won't use that one again. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I don't know if I have a strategy for it as much as ma- – I just want to make those kids believe in what I'm doing. You know, and, yeah. and with, with these kids, like it takes, it takes selling them. Like it takes getting the just jump mat out, you know, every four weeks and being like, man, you're, you're, you're more explosive than you were, you know, or showing them different things, different metrics, whatever you might use. My kids love to come over during practice and see the heart rate monitors and the GPS unit. They love to see where they are, you know, and, and I, I do, I rank it by distance. I, I just have it sorted by distance on there. And I've got a couple that, that like to be at the top of that. I don't give any rewards for that. I don't really care what it is. It's just a generalization from my head coach to know how much we ran at practice, to be honest, you know, but, but a couple of them, they really get into that. Am I beating so-and-so today? Well, no, you know, maybe I'll do a little more today. I don't know, you know, so whatever it is though, it's always comes back to the relationship you have with the kid and that takes time. It takes time. And that's why the summer for me is so important and that's why I had such a good time this summer, even though it was a lot of work with those two-man groups, is I just had time with the guys. And, and I missed out on some of that organic time that happens like before and after lifts where you're just kind of sitting around, you know, a little bit and, or recovering from a lift in many cases because we were so jammed full this summer with groups just due to the regulations and things like that. Um, but during, during workouts, I did get to spend a lot of time with, with two guys at a time. You know, and I've never been big on the personal training aspect of things. Like, I, it's tough for me to go one-on-one with, with kids, uh, hey, unless it's like an injured kid during the season or things like that. But I don't enjoy that. I'd much rather train in a team, small group type setting, things like that. Um, but, you know, to be honest, it's, it's just about trust. Do they trust you? Do they trust you? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see. I can see, like, I, right now since, since going the – personal training or out like I can't tell you how much I do miss training my basketball guys training my soccer girls like that competitive aspect of I have a ton of competitors around me that like are all fighting for one single goal win that championship 
Like, yeah. And when I'm at, when I'm at my job now, not that like the, the goals just aren't the same. The competitiveness just isn't there. Thankfully yeah. I, I do have an athlete S type class that I do teach with a bunch of small people, max capacity of like eight, eight per class that like right. are athlete driven people and they mm-hmm. always compete and they get the best, best score, best time, whatever. So I just sit back and let that happen. But I mean, that aspect of that group, that competitive nature, that, oh, I want to jump the highest on the team or I'll, I want to outrun everybody on the team. Like that is something that is truly significant to co- uh, collegiate athletes or professional athletes, whatever. Um, yeah, those, those are my favorite days when I yeah. don't have to do as much, when it's just going, when it's just going. And, we, and we've had a lot more of those lately with this group, and I, I, it's been a lot of fun. That's great. Um, so you shifted from two people – or you shifted all the way down to like two people per group, you said. How did that influence, I guess, your programming choices? Or is that – did that oh, – would that enable you to open the book up a little bit more, or did you regress a lot of your coaching tactics? The answer is both, um, and, and I'll explain that. So, you know, we had, we had all that time off from March the 12th or whatever, you know, until, until June the 6th for me, and that's a lot of time. I, I, just, like, I just like coaching kids. Um, you know, actually, during that time, I'm, I'm in my garage gym right now, and I, uh, we had a couple kids who were local, and, and I just have them come out here and train. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right around the corner from my house is my daughter's elementary school and they have a little cinder track and we'd go out there and run and, you know, it's the kind of thing that those guys are going to remember forever. And I will too, because it, it was a great time and it was, it was very Spartan and we, we got the job done and things like that. Well, it also gave me a lot of time to plan, which I love doing. I love getting on the whiteboard. I've got a whiteboard yeah. behind me that I'm always mm-hmm. doing things on. I, I love to program and I, I don't program like I did when I was a GA or my first couple jobs because I got one team. I basically do everything on a skeleton. And so I just have a skeleton in mind of what I want to accomplish, what I want to be by the end of it. And then we kind of see what it takes to get there with an idea of what I want to do, what the big rocks are down to the small gravel and things like that. And I had this program that I was just in love with, you know, to start back on June 6th and we went, for about two weeks and in about middle of week three, I, I just, I looked at my GA. I was like, oh, we can't, we can't. It's, it's too much. <laughs> it's too much. Like they, we, you know, they, they, they'd been at home and we'd been sending them things and, you know, like everybody had done, you send them a at home program. We started with a body weight program. And then I moved to more of a running type program because I figured at least guys could run, you know, mm-hmm. well, whatever. I, after two and a half weeks, I realized that, you know, most kids did nothing. Right. If yeah. they if they said they did something, you could cut it in half, you know. And if they said they did nothing, which a couple of them you know did, then they might as well have had bed sores. So like it, I really, really, really backed it down. Uh, two and a half weeks in, um, to to uh, just a, I basically like treating everybody like a freshman almost. Um, and, and I'm a simple guy anyway. Like we're gonna squat. We're going to hinge. We're going to push. We're going to pull. We're going to get great at it. And that, that's what I want to do every day is, is master simple movements. Um, and, and so that's what we did. We just backed it down to that. And I, when, I, when I got back to VCU, um, one of my former assistants was the strength coach when I left there. And, and I, I love him to death. He's a great guy. But he got out of the field and, and went into um, 
to Wall Street type things, big, big money type guy, you know. Um, and uh, it, the, the, the way the guys were moving, I was not happy with it. It was not to my standard. And so I wanted to teach the guys how to squat um, because I was just not happy with it. And so that's what I did. That was, that was my main big rock. And, and we really, really went to ground zero with that. And I'm real happy with how it worked out. Um, I, I told a kid the other day, it just warmed my heart. He didn't even mean to say it. He said, he wasn't even talking to me. He said, my body feels as good as it ever has. And I was like, really? So-and-so, not going to throw a name out there. Why, 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 why do you think that is? And he said, probably because I showed up every day. I was like, that's, that, that's, you're pretty damn close right there. Yeah. You're pretty damn close. 80%. <laughs> 80% of, of success is showing up every day. And at, at the end of the day, that's what I want for my kids is I want everyday guys mm -hmm. um, because everyday guys are who you win with. And if we have a bunch of everyday guys and we can maybe surround a couple really talented kids with 10 everyday guys, we're going to win. And, that, and that's what I want to do because everyday guys get better at practice every day and they show up on game days. And, and that, that's, that's to me the most important thing. And that's what this, these, these strange times kind of have given us is this routine yeah. uh, for these kids to show up every day. And it was just, it was so much fun that we are in our last one tomorrow and I can tell the kids are sick of me and I'm sick of them in a good way, yeah. you know, which, which means if I feel like that at the end of, a, end of an off season, it probably means we had a pretty good one. If I, if I feel like I'm not getting things in, if I still need to get some, some stuff or, God, I wish I would have done this or that, then, then it's probably not been a very good offseason. And, and I've had those before. I've had a couple of those. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited. We're really young as a team. We have a bunch of young guys. That led to it too. Um, so we're going we're gonna to take some – we're going to take our lumps a little bit, but we're really talented. So I'm, uh, I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm pumped for your season. Dude, that, that, that right there, what your athlete said, that's probably one of the coolest things and probably one of the biggest compliment any strength coach can get is just like, I feel the best I ever have. I, to me, if some kid were to say that around me, I'd be like, maybe I had a little bit of part of that. Maybe. A little bit. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. But, okay, well. Yeah, well, I kind of, I hope that this thought that I'm about to have kind of comes out articulate, but I guess the question is, well, because you mentioned you want to do uh, like the general basic movement, squat, hinge, push, pull, and you had an athlete say he felt the best he ever did. And it's probably due to him showing up every day and complying with the program. And um, so I guess like, why do you program that way? And I, so I think one thing that doesn't necessarily get acknowledged all the time in strength and conditioning um, is that our job as strength and conditioning professionals past the performance side, like preparing them to play their sport, I think is also just to teach them um, how to exercise so that later on in life, they know what to do or they have the confidence um, and they feel competent going into a lifetime fitness or going to, maybe even going to across the gym when they're 30 and they can do everything. Do you find that, and I guess with your example, the answer would be yes, but do you find that programming the way you do the basic squat, hinge, push, pull, learning the basic stuff allows for compliance and adherence to be greater? Whew, that was deep. 
That was deep. <laughs> I got to think on this. Wait, I got to <laughs> have a drink. Have you had this Mountain Dew Zero Sugar? It's like crack. I don't know what to do without this now. <laughs> I used to have Mountain Dew when I was 16, dude. That well, was, I used that to was have, my I, crack. I, 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 told, I think I had Mountain Dew in my baby bottle, you know, when I was young. And, <laughs> like, growing up in North Carolina, it was a big deal. And so I, I hadn't had it in years and years. And then my wife brought this home one day. And I was like, my God, where's that been my whole life? Um, but anyway, back to your question. Programming the way I do it, it's, it's not really, like, it's not like I, I woke up one day and went, like, wow, like, this is the way to do it. You know, I, I really have gotten – way past that to the point of like, I'm going to do whatever works. However, to get to do whatever works, I need these foundational principles, these building blocks. And, and those building blocks allow us to get to some of those, those more complex things. Like I said, we're a young team this year. So I, it allowed me to be really, really super basic with it as well as the, the, the regulations and the time I got to spend with them, you know, but branching out from there and moving forward, you know, I think you kind of hit on it is we, we're as basketball strength and conditioning guys and performance coaches, we are generalist by nature. Yeah. What we have to do, you know, we, we play a sport with no true stops and starts. We're on one leg, we're on two, you know, all these different things. Like we have to be general. We also have to be general because our kids have zero training age when they get there, you know, negative, so negative like, two is what I like to say. Negative, negative two. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great way to put it, you know, and so, like, if I, I feel you're doing a disservice to kids by – and I hate – I, I, I don't even want to use the term gimmick because, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a time and a place for nearly everything. I mean, you, yeah. you, you, I'm not going to kill anybody or anything, anybody doing anything because we don't know the context of these 12-second right. clips on YouTube. We don't. We have yeah. no idea. That is not someone's training program when you see a 12-second clip. We have no clue. You know, and I hate it when people do that. It's ridiculous when people kill a coach for a 12-second clip. They have no idea what they're doing, you know. To get to some of those things, however, I do believe you need to have a foundation, you know, and that foundation provides us with the ability to perform on a basketball court at a more resilient, more robust, and more resistant to injury level. And that, to me, is the bottom line of my job. You know, we're, we're, those kids didn't sign up to come to VCU or the University of Texas or wherever else to be a great weightlifter. They didn't. They didn't. Yeah. You know, they, they also didn't sign up to be a great student. You know, they're there for one thing. They're there to play yeah. basketball. Not a one of my kids came to VCU for the engineering program. You know, they didn't. I, I, I wish it wasn't the case all the time, but it not. They came to play basketball. That's their sport. Everything we do is an auxiliary. Everything. Everything. You know? So that's how I look at it. Yeah. It does, it does give – looking at basketball as their primary, like that's obviously what they have the most fun doing. Hopefully, like those games, those practices, practices probably aren't that much fun. Uh, but the games are the most fun things that they do. But adding all that stress of academics, of being a student athlete and just being social amongst their peers, how is – their stress levels, holistic stress levels, something that you uh, tend to manage. Try and manage, I should say. Yeah, good, good question. Good question. I think that we, we touched on that earlier with the, the, the question about the different hats you wear. Mm -hmm. You know, dur during the in-season portion, which is pretty long for college basketball, as, as Sean, as you know, and Will, as you're living now, mm -hmm. um, it, it is 
I, you basically become a stress manager. I mean, that, yeah. that's your job, you know? And so how can I alleviate that stress? You know, um, a good friend of mine a few years ago, uh, Bryce Dahl, he's the strength coach at uh, Oklahoma. Um, we had, uh, we had a, we had a kid at Texas named Mo Bamba at the time. who was the, the sixth pick in the draft. And he yeah. had Trey Young, who was the, uh, fourth pick fifth pick in the draft something like that and so we would just compare notes on the phone like how you're handling it how you yeah, all these kind of things you've got these one and done kids and stuff like that and he brought up a great point to me uh, that I'd never thought about before he said you know we measure you know we measure uh, time and distance and and uh, load and all these kind of things you know but what we don't measure is, is neural or cognitive fatigue and you know with these young kids, with these, with these teams that are, have, you know, freshmen and sophomores, some days maybe the best thing to do would be just to come and run around in the gym and, and, and play a little bit versus, say, and take the day off because the kids aren't physically fatigued. They're neurally or cognitively yeah. fatigued. And, it, it, you know, stress is stress. We know that. We know that. But at the same time, we're not measuring that, you know, I mean, I, I, I know we could go into Omega wave and all these kinds of different things like that, but I don't know. Nobody, I've, I've never gotten a, a full belief in anything that's going to measure that, you know, from, from, from the jump on these kids right away down the road as, as their professionals, maybe so. But when they get to college, man, everything's coming out of a mile, a hundred miles an hour. They're still 18 year old kids. They still are, you know, they still are going to do kids things that 18 year old kids do, you know, like, I, I, some, sometimes I want to serve my kids chicken fingers every meal because hell, at least I know they'll eat, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, let, let's be honest. Like I, I'd love to serve my kids salmon and rice and broccoli and things like that. But the bottom line is if they're going to throw it in the trash, you know, after they walk out to me and tell me how good it looks, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, we might, we might as well have chicken fingers on the side because at least I, they're going to get some protein. At least then I know they're going to get something, you know? Sure. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a really good point. Um, and I mean, I've never seen it happen. I'm sure you've never seen it happen where they'll step on the basketball court and the basketball coach is going to scratch practice or scratch uh, the game plan for practice and say, Hey, play, play pickup for 30 minutes. So with that being said, then has there ever been a time where you have your training session planned out? You think they might be neurally or cognitively fatigued and you say, and you scratch and you say, all right, guys, I'm going to give you 20 to 30 minutes. And take an exercise that makes you feel good or get a pump session going, anything like that. <laughs> I did, I did it today. <laughs> oh, nice. I, did it, I did it this morning. You know, like we, we had, you know, I, I, I kind of spread out some of my combine testing type stuff that we do before the season over three weeks. And so every Thursday we would do something. And so today we had the lane agility at the end of the workout. You know, we, we use the dasher laser timers, which the kids love. You get a laser timer out of anybody likes it. But before that we were, we were on a, a, a heavy vertical push and pull day. Um, and, and, you know, we were supposed to be at like 85% on weighted chins and 82 and a half on, on seated dumbbell military. And right before we started, I was like, Paul, just scratched that. Hey, I, 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 I took the eraser and I put, choose your weight, choose your weight, go. Like, <laughs> because I could just see it. The, the last three days in the morning, you know, my kids come in, we lift early in the morning and, uh, Man, they've just been dead. They're just done. They're just wiped out. You know, and, they, and it's, it's a lot of it's neural fatigue because they're ready to start practice. They're ready. They're here to play basketball. That's what they want to do, you know. And sure, we have workouts and things like that in the afternoons, and we're on the court, you know, but it's not the same. 
you know. So it, I think having the carrot of actually having games coming is nice with the, with the whole not knowing for, for a lot of our kids. So that's good, too. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, we unfortunately are running out of time. I feel like we could take this on for another hour, but oh, I yeah. want to respect your time as well, my man. Uh, so first of all, I want to thank you for spending the time with us. Um, this has been a blast and we appreciate it. Uh, Will's got one more question for you before you head on out though. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, now I appreciate you coming on, getting to know you a little bit, having a little chat. Who, who would you recommend that we reach out to and try to have another discussion with about whatever pertaining to strength conditioning? This is who I want you to talk to. I want you to, I want the next one to be Greg Golden. He's the LSU basketball strength and conditioning coach. Okay. And I want you to ask him his women's tennis strength and conditioning story. Okay. All right. Since, All since, right. Since, since you brought that up, I want you to ask him about that and see how, where that goes, um, which will be really interesting. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I can't tell you how much I loved CS, like, CSCCA uh, meetups at the restaurant after all the meetings during the day, like seven or eight o'clock at night, everybody gather around the table telling stories. Like when I, that, my first CSCCA, whenever I was with Cam, you, Horn, Golden, all those guys, <laughs> like I had the most fun. And I learned, and I learned so much just from the stories that you guys would tell that it's the most ridiculous thing. It's, Oh, that's well, that's where true relationships are made right there CCA it, it, after hours. it's it's a good time and i don't know what that says about us that we're all still around and we, we have all these stories but you know hopefully that can continue yeah <laughs> all right dan dude thank you so much again this is cool nah thank you guys Thanks, that, that was fun dan appreciate it yeah will i appreciate you take, take care, care man. man all right see you guys see ya.